Hey, what's up, DBC fans? If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let us explain. Well, first of all, Freddie, the best part is it's free. There's nothing better than using a free, awesome service. To make the process simple and easy, there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor helps people find your show by distributing the podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more platforms. Also, you can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. I like like money. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. We love using Anchor. It's a great platform that lets us hear from the fans and reaction theater with Anchor's Leave a Message feature. So when you create your account with Anchor, you can also utilize their feature and make your own podcast. TJ will uh, be your first guest. So download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. That's A-N-C-H-O-R dot F-M to get started. Holla. Brett Griffin here. You're listening to Door Bumper Clear. Today we're talking about how bad spotter views were at Indy, the scary pit road pileup, cars blowing tires all day on Sunday, your favorite podcast rolls in three, two, one. I'm TJ Majors. This is Brett Griffin. Hey, me too now. This is Freddie Kraft. Get ready. Be ready. Be ready. Give me what you got here. New leader. Hey everybody, I'm TJ Majors, spotter of the 22 Cup car, and uh, another full house, and that's not a big joke, Freddy. <laughs> or Casey. Brett Griffin, spotter <laughs> for Clint Boyer, fresh out of Indy. Yeah, what's up, Freddy Kraft, spotter for Bubba Wallace, off a of top 10, whoop these guys' asses just today. And I uh, had a good day Saturday, too, at the Dinger. Almost almost pulled that one off, but uh, old Chase Briscoe made a hell of a damn move into one that I didn't, I didn't think he could pull off, but he did. Um, but what's up, Case? Baby bumping all on old social media? Hello, everyone. Yes. That's not a baby bump anymore. <laughs> Whatever you That's call like it. That's like a baby mountain now. <laughs> well, what are you expecting? Nothing. That's what happens. I'm excited. Exactly. I'm excited for you. Maybe one last baby moon or something. <laughs> well, I think Freddie should um, oh reenact the picture, too. Yeah, which, so which, where did you guys decide to go on that baby moon that you were texting me about? Yeah. Which beach did you hit? Um, We haven't so... gone yet. I think we're going to go to Hilton Head, though. Okay. Uh, Take your advice. Yeah. You'll like so, Hilton Head. Yeah. Yeah, it should be relaxing. I don't think we'll be able to do a ton, obviously. Just trying yeah, to obviously, careful, if but... you just kind of check the map, maybe that's a, probably a hot spot. Might want to go to, like... <laughs> You know, Alaska or something like that. Okay, well, if you can figure out a place in North or South Carolina that is not a hot spot right now, then you let me know. Pageland. Yeah, what about going north? Page- yeah, go check out. Page- some- Pageland's a hot spot. It had 11 cases last week. See? That's half Sounds the, nice. That's, that's half the population. Yes. <laughs> Do you have a hotel? Yes. Yeah, it's called his mom's house. Could you only imagine what it looks like. Talk about a roach motel. <laughs> Norman Bates. I, I, is there really a motel in Pageland? Yeah, there's a, there's a motel. It's a, it's a motel or hotel. No, it's, it's a motel, motel. right? It's a mo- this has got to be a it's motel. It's a motel. Like, you got to go to the front desk and get a real key to get in. <laughs> Y'all know the difference in a motel and a hotel, right? No, uh, yeah. The mean, difference is... I'm sure you've got some crazy yeah, page. No, I don't know. No, the difference is a hotel, you enter your room from the inside of a building. Yes. You have come through a building 
a motel, you enter your room from the outside. Yeah, you pull up to the door. You drive up to yeah, your door. Yeah, you're right. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. That's the difference motel. between a motel and a hotel okay. for all you young people out there. Well, here's the difference between a motel and a hotel. The motel rents by the hour. Like, Let me put yeah. it this way. I started watching Tiger King last night on the way home. And all those people, they would stay at motels. Yes. Like, and, and whereas, you know, us four. I don't know. Uh, I don't know. Matthew Dillner and Jason may be motel material, too. But if you stayed in a motel, man, you are flat-ass rough. The last motel I stayed in, Junior Motorsports put me up at Bristol, Tennessee, at a Red Roof Inn. That was my last motel. I stayed at a motel not that long ago, actually. It was uh, for an hourly rate or a full yeah, hourly. Uh, hourly. Uh Gibbs stayed at a motel in Watkins Glen. That was it was pretty nice though because it was like overlooking the lake there yeah. and stuff. So it wasn't bad. It was a little tiki bar, but I mean it was still a, it was still a motel. It was a it was a shish hole. Why do <laughs> why do motels have Brett, hourly your, rates? Your Red Roof Inn is where I was supposed to stay, and in Bristol, Tennessee, and I quickly said no and changed it because I didn't want to get kidnapped. So yeah. thanks it's for sketch. letting me know. It's super sketch. Yeah. Yeah, that Tiger King show, uh, I thought we were a weird industry. I can't believe this is just now watching this. Well, like, you know, man, I, I don't watch TV. I haven't watched home. it yet. Now that we're back traveling, I watched it. So I turn it on, and I'm like, I really have no I, – I think this whole thing is about this one guy, Joe Exotic. It's not. It's about three or four different tiger breeders. And I'm sitting there, and I'm like, man, our industry just keeps looking more and more normal. These people are straight-out weirdos. Wait, like, how, they're in the sex cults. I mean, how far have you gotten into this? I'm, I'm probably – Three quarters of the way in, it, it's only going to get worse. Like these people are flat out crazy. It ends on a ba- on like the worst note, don't it? No, no. Oh, I, I mean, I like... mean, there's some stuff that goes on at the end, but it, no, it's not too bad. But, but I, I mean, forget all that. These people are weird. Like I'm telling you, straight up weird. Which I guess you got to be to want to get in a cage with a tiger anyway. How about the one person that like she? I'm pretty sure it's a girl. This is a, this is a hard show to tell who's what gender. Karen, we just call her Karen. But, uh, <laughs> She takes care of the tigers, and then one of them just, you know, like, well, not a big deal, just ate her arm off, you know, like yeah. bit her arm off, and she's got no arm now. But good news is she still works there. Like, yeah. that's, you know, that's that's what I would she do. She came like, back after, for five days. After after a tiger eats, bites my arm off, I'm probably just going to, I might just find, like, she some, came right back, started right back working. chickens to work with or something. Like, some, these know. people are crazy. They're not scared to die. <laughs> no. They're Why crazy. would you get in a cage with a tiger? And like So they didn't get in. I mean, these people were, but she was, like, feeding it through a, a cage, and the thing grabbed her arm and ripped it off apparently but no they're in there they're in there this guy joe exotic like he's in there the thing, the th- like thing gets mad he's like hitting it with a stick he's like damn it stop the thing's trying to bite the hell out of him like it's you have to watch you it you have Just to watch sheer, it sheer entertainment part of joe kind of reminds me of brett in like some of his the way he like mannerisms <laughs> like all, he wants the if camera you... on him all the time <laughs> i thought you was gonna reference my hair <laughs> Nah, from the pictures I've seen, Joe Exotic has got way more going on. <laughs> he's got better tattoos than I got. He's inked up. He's got. Uh, the, he's a hell of a singer. The Kentucky Waterfall out back too. My don't God, he? how did we talk about Joe Exotic? So oh. Indianapolis. How, yeah, oh, how Indy. did we get here? Yeah. So guys, how was how was Indy? So I was thinking for a little minute that we were going to get rained out without seeing a raindrop. Uh, I did too. Without without I was going to say without seeing a raindrop, I thought we were going to get rained out. Because we were about two or three lightning strikes away from going home without racing. Because the race was it was dark when it ended. So I mean, if we went another hour, we weren't gonna be able to run. I was uh, trying to figure out where I was gonna get a set of clothes and some uh, <laughs> toothbrush and stuff because I looked at the weather and I saw a twenty percent chance of rain. I guess I starting to look for lightning now chances because that's what's that's what's killing us yeah. is uh, 
the lightning. And, and we, I mean, honestly, again, we said it last week. We got lucky again. I mean, that, there was a storm had us center punched again and just dissipated as it we got there. We have yet to start. We haven't started a race on time. I don't think. I mean, it's been it's, like eight out of eleven or something like that. Yeah, and I mean, how many? How much longer do we have to do it? You know, like, man, I don't know. Hey, this week's start is uh, is two thirty. A little bit better. Which is, yep. oh, dude, it's way better. Um, I mean, you're still definitely going to run the threat of thunderstorms. doesn't matter. But, I mean, if you get a thunderstorm at 430, you at least got your race in. You didn't end your day. Yeah. And I think yesterday what we were looking at is, man, it's, you know, it's 430 and this rain is on top of us. I don't know how it didn't rain. It, it's like we've been lucky as that's, crap two weeks in a row. That's the problem is all of the start times are during afternoon thunderstorms. And so it's obviously pertaining to because of the network but like and their availability. But... I mean, the way that the races are, I feel like no matter where we go, it's always going to have a threat for there's, there's some sort there's of some races I feel shot. like you can that are okay to start later. Um, what in like Phoenix? Yeah, but well, you like I don't know, man. Like I feel like we got I feel like this is a trend that people just haven't really bought into yet. Like that they're you know we're trying to move races back. Everyone always, you know, everyone just used to the one o'clock or twelve thirty or one o'clock NASCAR start. That's I'm, like I'm fully convinced, TJ, that NASCAR. And, and the TV networks are smarter than we are in terms of knowing when to run the race to maximize viewership. But I also think that we are smarter than they are in the sense of we know the probability of not running the race at all or being yeah. super delayed because of the inevitable in the middle of the summer in these particular regions that we're in. We're not in Phoenix. We're not in Fontana. We are in thunderstorm freaking hell. Literally, yeah. I don't. I, well, yeah. they know the prior, like they know what's most important, though. Like if they know the right time to run the race for ratings, and they're going to run it no matter what. But well, when it's delayed so, two hours or a hedge goes to Monday, you're you hedged your yeah. bet on nothing. Eight out of eleven times, well, your race is not going off at the time that have the best ratings. Maybe you should just move it up so you actually get to race in some. I don't know. I two, mean, two it, things that drive me crazy about it are, you know. The tracks without lights. I don't care about three o'clock start at, at or two thirty start at Kentucky because we got lights. We can we have all day. Whatever you know, whatever happens, we can get that race in. But so just you know, obviously you don't want to you put yourself in a box at these places without lights. But then, not only that, but okay, we're gonna have a four o'clock start yesterday. But the green flag is until four thirty or four twenty five, whatever it was. Like, I mean, if we're gonna have a four o'clock start, let's get out there do the pre race stuff at three thirty. And th- throw the green at four. Like, I mean, at least, I mean, I, I know you got to probably have some time for TV to get their stuff in, but I mean, now you're you're pushing yourself back even further by starting to race 25 minutes after the advertised start. You're not leaving yourself much room for anything to happen. Yeah. So we were we were probably we were one quick rain shower away from done. being done for the day, yeah. not doing a thing all day long. If that track got wet yesterday at 4:30, the our, we were going home. We were going home because. Uh, have you guys? heard what the schedule looks like potentially i know they're supposed to release it soon like the rest at least some of the the next few races have you guys heard anything? no say they release and I, I would i think we see the the remainder of the cup schedule come out this week and i think the big question marks are on a couple places like watkins Glen, yeah. new york like brooklyn michigan uh the, the, the look man brooklyn michigan i doubt seriously that's a hot spot for the coronavirus but, but that governor is she's she's something else as it pertains to policing yeah. her people and telling them what to do, uh, and then obviously you know Watkins Glen, New York. Do I think it's a hot spot? No, but the the entire state of New York has said if you come to the state of New York from North Carolina, you have to quarantine for fourteen days. So that governor Cuomo is going to have to sign an order that would allow 
what like an exemption fifteen hundred people probably to come in and do their jobs and and uh you know I don't I don't know that that's prob- probable either you know so I think those two yeah. markets maybe there's others you know Texas obviously backed up to phase two um, but I mean I, I think I think Texas we're fine to go down there and race hopefully the fans still get to come yeah I see we seen also yesterday there uh, I think it was Adam Stern kind of tweeted that. You know, if if we do move Watkins Glen, it's going to be to a Roval in the southeast, which I think you only there's only two options there, right? I mean, yeah. you're talking Charlotte or Daytona. Daytona. Yeah. I think it'd be interesting to see if we go to Daytona because I'm pretty sure the Watkins Glen race is scheduled for the week before. Go back to Indy, Daytona. Hey, I don't got hey, Daytona that race, now. That race on Saturday was incredible. I, like, I, I only got to saw the first, watch the first stage, and I got to watch the very end. Holy cow! What and, a great race! Yeah, and and and. You know, I say it's incredible because of the the finish, and it's, you kind of fall into that trap a lot of times. But there, it wasn't that great in the middle part. You know, you had guys kind of got strung out. But but like you, like we always see this at a road course. You know, you always get that late caution and sets up drama. And, and them guys between AJ, uh, Chase, and Cindric, them guys drove their asses off for about five laps there. And you could tell they're blowing corners coming back. Chase blows a corner, loses the lead, comes back and takes it back with a hell of a move into one. So you know. But, yeah, I mean, anywhere. But I would be interested to see if we'd run, like, I'd like to see us run. I'm pretty sure that Watkins Glen race is the week before the Daytona playoff cutoff race. And it'd be interesting to see if we go down there, run the road course, and then go back the next week and run, you know, the Oval. I think Dover might be in between them. Is there Dover? Yeah. I, know one, I know it's like the end of August. Yeah, so. within three weeks. Yeah. But, yeah, Casey, we should see more cup scheduling, you know, coming out this week. Yeah. I agree. Maybe I was, they maybe they're learning with all the rain delays that maybe it'll be a little bit earlier. I was interested to see. I was watching uh, Flow Racing the other night, and I don't even know what I was watching. What is it, a Flow Racing? Flow Racing is a, it's the uh, network yeah, for Florida uh, Sprint Car it's, and it's Midget an app. Racing. It's an app. It's like I don't even know. I think I want to say it's like a hundred bucks a year. But it's like you can channel surf and watch any kind of racing you want. Any kind, I mean, it's, it's actually pretty good. It's really good. Yeah, and it's simple to do. You know, you just click a button on your phone and it's on your TV. I was thinking about going to Millbridge this Wednesday. You guys ever been there? I was thinking about going tonight because my buddy Crops is racing. Crops is racing. Yeah, oh, that's cool. He's running the, the DNQ race. Yeah, <laughs> I got a friend uh, racing Wednesday. Our kids racing Wednesday, so we're thinking about going. Um, but yeah, so I'm watching that, and the guy, the announcer for this sprint car race that I'm watching. His buddies with a guy that owns or runs uh, Gateway, WWT Raceway. And he's like, I don't know if they've announced this yet, but the trucks are running Gateway with the Indy cars. And I'm like, ooh, they have not announced that. I don't know if you're supposed to say that or not. But it's interesting to hear that because we've heard a lot of rumors that all the non-companions are going to go away. So that's obviously, I mean, obviously you're going to be with Indy cars, so it's it's something. But, you know, a little leak there on the, on the uh, truck schedule. So maybe we'll see some of these non-companion races. We hope so. So before we start on spot on spot off, uh, what did you guys think of the news that came out last week with Jimmy testing positive for COVID? Surprised, I guess. Surprised, but um, you know, it, we this was going to be the this could happen, um, and uh, I think we were all kind of prepared for it to happen. Um, we didn't know, you know, what who it would get first or whatever, but. I think everything was handled quickly and and uh, and hopefully um, that's the last of it. I got a text about 15 minutes probably before this broke that a big name cup driver had it, and you're sitting there and you're like, all right, there's what six of those, seven of those right now, and so then I start asking questions and um, 
and, and the response I got was, he has the most rings of anybody. And I was like, well, that's pretty obvious who that is. Um, and, and so I actually started texting with his PR person, and I was like, wow, it sounds like your phone's about to blow up, and it's Amy Walsh who used to work uh, alongside of me for, for many years. Uh, when she actually got in the industry, I, I helped train her. Um, but I started texting her, and I was like, hey, sounds like your phone's about to blow up. She's like, oh, my gosh, like this is insane. And and so you're watching this whole thing. I think I text Freddie and told him, hey, you ain't going to believe what's getting ready to happen. Um, and, and so obviously it drops, boom, it blows up. Well, then I'm reaching out to a few driver friends about it, and, and they're like, man, he tested – positive for the antibodies months ago he went and had the blood test done because he thought he had it while he was in phoenix and so then you're like "Uh oh this is super confusing he tested positive for the antibodies so he's already had it theoretically so now he's got it again but he's asymptomatic so can we just keep getting this and carry this so i got a friend in in virginia dr Uh, mike anderson and I, i text him i'm like how does this happen he said, actually, it happens very easily because the tests early on weren't, weren't extremely accurate. Very, very possible that antibody test was a false positive. You actually need to take two or three in a row and then get two positives out of three tests for you to for sure have those antibodies. So, I mean, I, I would hate to be in a position, Freddie, where I thought I had already had it and I hadn't already had it because obviously when his wife shows up with it first – you know, he has to go get tested again. He does. Now he knows that he has it. And and the last thing I want to say is I give huge props to Jimmy Johnson for, for doing the right thing, being responsible, which is, A, he went and got tested. You know, it sucks it was positive. But, B, after it was po- a positive test, he came out publicly and said, I have the coronavirus. This guy could have taken two Tylenol, showed up at the racetrack, tried to skate the system, put other people at risk, and that's what I'm most proud of because he set a good example. You, you, he set a great example, man. I mean, because there's a lot of pressure on us to not get it. We all feel it. You know, I mean, who would have spotted yesterday if I get to the racetrack and, and unfortunately I don't pass the temperature check? Um, there's a lot of pressure on all of us to not get it and to still show up and do our job. So huge props to him in the way that they've handled this entire situation. Yeah, I mean, you're you're obviously you're social distancing, but then if you're told all right, you've already had this, and you can't get it again, you're obviously not going to be as diligent on the social distancing because you hey, what? I mean, I know I would, and I'd be like, hey, well, you know, I'm good. I'm never going to get it again, so I, I can kind of do whatever the hell I want now. But, you know, like you said, props to him. And, and man, I, I'm not 100% sure if we don't throw a bunch of tests around that garage, we wouldn't be pretty surprised with the results. But like you said, one, you're asymptomatic. You have no idea that you have it. You know what I mean? It's just we see this across all these sports right now. What it was, 70-something baseball players or something like that the other day. All these basketball players, again, the guys are bailing out of their seasons. Like, it was only a matter of time before it got to us. It's just amazing that, it, of course, it has to happen probably to the biggest name in our sport. But, you know. This pro- is a strand of the flu. And, and look, tons of people, millions and millions of people get the flu every year, and a small percentage don't make it. This is the, Statistically, this is turning out to be very similar to what any other major bad flu would do. Would do. I uh you know, I got to be racing as long as we've been back racing and to have as few problems or people, you know, um, that get, to me that goes credit to NASCAR and the people involved in it, the people that are traveling, the people that are doing their part. Um, we've had very few, we've had very few issues and we've been racing for what, two months, how, how many months we've been racing for? Two months more? More, more than that, right? Yeah. And this is the you. first driver. We've obviously had a couple little outbreaks in the shop or whatever, but that there's hundreds of people in these shops. Um, you know, that, that just, 
to me, that shows that NASCAR did what a great job from the start to not have any issues for a long time. What you know. scares me about this thing isn't uh, the the things that we know; it's the things that we don't know. Because flu season lasts for a few months. This thing's been going on for seven months. I mean, that's when it yeah. you know get picking up. And, and we don't know when it got here because we didn't even have tests for it when it got here. Imagine going to the doctor and you've already got it, and they check you for everything, and they're like, "Oh, we don't know what you got. Go back home and rest for a week." You know? And yeah. I, I don't know that the, the unknown have, is what's probably scary all. Part. I have friends that. They had thought they had had it late last year. Yeah, thought they had the flu or whatever, but they now they think they had that. I mean, you never know, but no. Um, but yeah, but you know, can, you know, credit to Jimmy and NASCAR for everybody for handling it really well and and uh, quickly, swiftly. It's just it's a it's a you know hard situation to stomach because if Jimmy Johnson has any other disease or any other sickness right now and he's up to racing, guess what? He's allowed to race. This is the only thing. That could keep him out of a race car, and it kept him out of a race car. So now, his points are going to go. Bloop, bloop, bloop. He's going to be out of the playoff most likely after the end of this race this weekend. Unless he, if he, I guess if he comes up with two or three negative tests, he gets to get back in the car. But if he doesn't, he's going to potentially and probably be completely out of the playoffs. And and I mean, when you look at a seven-time champion, when you look at all the wins, I think he's got eighty-four wins, all the accomplishments, all the rings to to that point. Like, what a terrible way to end this guy's last yeah. season. He has to sit out for two months for a pandemic. Now he's sitting out for two weeks because he actually has the the virus. I, I just hate that for him because he's such a great guy, such a great ambassador for the sport, and he's and he's and he's so accomplished. Like, what what a way to go out. Yeah, I mean, and if it, it's the and if it's the fourteen days, say that you know, like if this is just starting, and he's got this fourteen day period. He's gonna miss the All Star race. I mean. How are we gonna have an all star race without Jimmy Johnson in it? You know, in his last season, you know, that all the pageantry that comes with that, and now, you know, he's not gonna be able to run, maybe. That would that would really suck. I I mean, I I felt bad for him the other day, the man. Biggest all star arguably in NASCAR history behind Richard Petty, Dale Earnhardt. Yeah. Sucks. Hope he gets better. Yes, we are all hoping he gets better real soon and is back at the track. ASAP. Well, uh, before we get started, let's hear more about our presenting sponsor, OfferPad. Hey, what's up? We're celebrating a big anniversary on Door Bumper Clear this week. It has been one year since our presenting sponsor, OfferPad.com, made the extremely smart decision to sponsor the best and most honest podcast in NASCAR. Because of OfferPad, we've been able to tell you about the new modern approach to selling your home and how easy OfferPad makes it for you. There's no doubt that if I ever need to sell my home, I'm using OfferPad.com. We learned how simple it is to take five minutes to complete the form online and receive your offer within 24 hours. It's crazy how good the housing market is right now, especially down here in the South. Not to mention you'll avoid TJ's showings and not have any strangers walking around your home. You'll have the ability to pick your own closing date that's convenient for you in your life and get a free local move, which comes courtesy of you and Freddie. I don't know that I'll help you move, but TJ and OfferPad will hook you up to make the moving process easier than it has ever been before. A lot of Door Bumper Clear fans have already checked out OfferPad.com, and you should too. When it's time to make your move, go to OfferPad.com. Go send some love to OfferPad and tell them how much you appreciate them sponsoring Door Bumper Clear. We couldn't do this without them. Spot on, you like it. Spot off, you don't like it. And you say why either way. First topic, 
Denny Hamlin said tires on Sunday were like roulette if you're going to get a tire that's going to stay together or not. TJ, spot TJ, on, Casey spot just off. said she doesn't have any money to spend. I know. Oh she drives a brand God. new Audi. I know. Chad Boat Racing is winning every race out there in sprint car world right now. But Casey's broke. She's having a baby. She goes on vacations at these elite resorts. Or you yeah. and I can't even we can't, we can't even, even get we in. can't even get there we can't get through the gate at these places but but KC doesn't have any yeah. money you are Jason You're, can you cut all of this out absolutely and, uh, not we're just gonna bring it up for... again we're gonna bring it up so many more times it's not gonna have time to cut it all out sorry uh, sorry I interrupted KC TJ uh, Denny Hamlet said tires on Sunday were like roulette <laughs> or or as, as KC likes to say roulette KC likes to call this the roulette. Uh, yeah. Oh hey guys, God. is this word roulette or roulette? Jesus. <laughs> I hate you. She went to college, I'm sorry. people. I'm tired. What college did you go to? I again? don't sleep. We're about to mess up their it's application process. It's not a word process. that I say very often in my meetings. I'm sorry. Where do you? Where do you go? Where'd you go to college? Okay, we're just pissed. No matter what, I'm gonna lose this argument. Yeah. Spot on, spot on, <laughs> TJ was was taking tires like playing roulette yesterday. Um. <laughs> I don't know, man. I, I didn't see the what, what the outcome of the tires were. I know they were, I know they were wearing. I know they were wearing out. It, you know, I we had a. I know we were told one time that we had a left front that was wore out pretty good. Um, so I don't know if these were. I mean, they were fast, man. Like, and I don't know. I mean, I, I really, I didn't. I don't know any data about the tires or whatever. I know they were they were hard and you could stay out, but they would also. Um, you could run them down, you know. It might have been the, you might have had just wore the tire out, you know. You get to the cords. What's under the cords? You're gonna you're air, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, but we did have a lot of tire issues yesterday, and I don't know how many laps were on each of them when they blew, or what those guys were doing with it. So I'm not 100 percent sure. Yeah, I mean, obviously, you seen last night. Goodyear made a statement, kind of kind of putting it on the teams, but. You know, we had a left front, same thing. I think it was the first run of the race. We had a left front that was absolutely killed. Green racetrack, um, though, too. Yeah, and, and and the big thing, you know, normally we get there, the cup cars run after the Indy, I mean, after the uh, Xfinity, Xfinity race. race, where there's no Xfinity race, so there's no rubber on the racetrack whatsoever. Um, but, you know, tough break for for Danny. I mean, he's got the race won, but, I mean, man, them guys blowing tires, those hits were sickening. <laughs> like, you can I hear them. I mean, it's and Goodyear's got a tough job, man. We, we went out to dinner with Clint last year at Pocono and you know I he said this is like one of the first times he can remember being uncomfortable like he's carrying so much speed through the tunnel turn wide open that he's like if this tire blows out like there's a good chance I'm getting hurt you know what I mean and and it takes a lot for a guy like Clint to say that so you know the Goodyear's got a tough job to manage these loads and and get everything right and if the teams are going to push the limits on air pressure or camber you know it's only going to make their job harder but you know I mean it is what it is, but you see so many issues yesterday on a tire that doesn't even wear out. You know, the tire didn't wear out; it just you know gave up, blew out. You it know? didn't give up speed; yeah, but it just wore out it of life. Just wore out, yeah, yeah. But it, it expired. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I think you know I'm spot on for Denny Hamlin and Eric Jones, and to I me mean, to some extent Alex Bowman too. All these guys for walking away. Uh, I think Dale Earnhardt saved all their lives. I tweeted that last night. I, I don't think that uh, any of those guys survived that impact 20 years ago, and, and here's why. This package were wide open, and you couldn't go any faster in this particular package and hit a wall head-on than what those guys did yesterday. They're burping the throttle. They're back wide open, and the wall is 
15 feet from where they're at. So there's no opportunity to slow the car down between the time you have the tire failure and the time that you make contact with the wall. The angles of those hits were vicious. The sound when they hit was vicious. The aftermath of being on fire is scary. And, and you're praying you see that window net drop. And, and thank you. Uh, thank you that we did. Uh, I, I think my struggle with this is is not to put any weight of this on, on the team or Goodyear, but to ask the question of, why did I put on two sets of tires yesterday and have a vibration? Why did the 10 car have to pit under green early in the race? Because he put on a set of tires and had a vibration. Uh, I don't know if you guys experienced that at all, but there's clearly some inconsistencies across this batch. If we're not making changes to the car, I mean, Clint said, hey, the car's fine. You know, let's put tires on and see where this thing goes. I got a vibration. Well, we didn't do air pressure. We didn't do wedge. We didn't do track bar. And, look, all those things also tell me that this tire is very sensitive because if we can go out there and, and you run 40 laps or 30 laps and you're fine, the next time you run 20 laps and you blow a tire, like your one change obviously could have impacted when that tire was going to expire. So I just have questions, and we won't ever get answers, but why am I vibrating and why do some of them expire on the sun? Like Denny Hamlin is clearly, you know, Freddie told me last night he had been having some some wear issues throughout the day and that Rodney Childers told Harvick, you know, push him, push him hard as you can. And uh, it's unfortunate Denny lost the race that way, uh, but fortunately he's okay because yeah. that could have went either way. It's the first thing you look for, though, is whenever these guys crash, we're always looking at the window net to see if them guys drop. That's the first thing I was looking at when all these guys wrecked was to see when they would drop the window net. So, you know, that that's just goes a long way to how safe these cars really are because those guys pounded the fence, yeah. man. Like you, you could feel it. If you're looking down the front stretch when Denny hit, I was looking down the front stretch still, and I heard it hit, and I was like, oh, I knew what happened. Jamie McMurray and I chat a lot uh, about the races over the course of the weekend, and, and I love his perspective on TV. He called me this morning, and he said, could you hear the hit? And I said, man, oh, yeah. listen to me. feel it almost. These cars are coming underneath us. They're, they're a few stories beneath us. They're wide open, so they're super loud, and you can still hear him hit the wall. Man, yeah, That's how can, hard he hit. That, that, that spot we had yesterday, man, what a great race. To, what a great place to watch a race. What a completely yeah. terrible place to spot a race from. Yeah. Oh, my God. that was tough. When the field went underneath us for the first time, I was like, holy cow, we're close <laughs> my, right here. TJ, like, my heart rate went up like if it, if it were the last lap of the Daytona 500 it, because it I was so unsure of how yeah. I was going to be able to do my job all day. I mean, when they were coming around on the pace laps, I was like, man, I'm in trouble here. Like, I'm, I'm not. I wish I had a little, like a little electric shocker thing that I could any guy that went three wide with your car down in turn one and you couldn't call a time I just wanted to zap that guy like get out <laughs> don't do that to me right here get out of that spot and you couldn't tell I you said, can't tell like Clint was trying to pass us and and I knew he'd poke out and it's annoying because you don't really know how close he is and I saw him swerving over I'm like ah he's like half a car length Ish. maybe not <laughs> but I but I would just tell Bub like I told him beginning I'm like hey like until you get probably at least past start finish line or probably even further than that. Like, I got no idea. So there are a couple of times, like, so I'd see somebody pull out and I'm like, I, I, they're out of line. I don't know. He's like, man, he's two back. I'm like, I don't, I, I, I'm telling you, I have no idea. The depth perception, I have no idea where he's at. If like, those guys yeah. have to spot the Indy 500 with that angle, I don't know how they do it. I'm going to tell you how they do it. They can't because those cars are <laughs> yeah. going even faster. Yeah. Like, that is Freddie's point. The best place to watch a race in Indy, we had it. The best, worst place to spot a race, we had that too. I think the Indy car spotters are actually on the roof, though. Yeah, but I mean, where, where we and him were sitting, I, I looked over and that, that spot was only maybe five or 10 feet. Like, I told him last night, I said, if there was a wreck off a of turn two, 
I, we all would have been. Oh, you wouldn't know where you're going because like they have been behind that building, whatever yeah. that the museum over there. Like I, yeah. what, like you, there's like a little blind spot there where there's a museum off it's in, in the infield in turn two, and like the cars would drive behind it for I don't know five ten car lengths. And, what a perfect segue for our next topic. But where exactly was it? Was it right off turn one, or is that no right in turn one? Like right when you lift, or right right as you turn off the wall, and get to the like between the wall and get to the bottom. Yeah, we were in like yeah, and entry of one is where we were, and you could see down the front stretch, and it looked like yeah. it was thirteen miles long, and then you could see turn one really well, but they're right underneath you. So if you're watching your car and navigating your car through traffic, and there's yeah. a wreck right in front of you, you're gonna have no warning to tell him because your eyes can only look at one. Your peripheral vision in that spot we were in was really limited, and then coming off of two, we had a good angle for a hot second, and then we had a view of the museum. <laughs> I had a hot, a good angle of you getting shipped up the hill. <laughs> yeah, Chase Elliott. I don't know who. Ah. I don't know who was a fault, Clint or Chase, but last lap we got punted. Thanks, Chase. <laughs> it was right behind me. I was like, sweet. <laughs> I'm about to be team t- team TJ on this whole Chase thing. <laughs> Speaking of spotting, spot on, spot off. Pit road pile up, Freddie. Man, what a shit show this was. Like, uh, luckily we we were. Decent. I don't know where we were running at the time, like tenth or eleventh or so. So we were in front of it, but normally my, you'd have been. I would have been right there. Like that was my. That's that's my <laughs> normal running group right there. Who's you your know? boys, man. So, <laughs> I mean, I, it was hard to tell where it really started. Like the video I watched, the thirty four is pulling into his box, and I, it's this. Listen, this pit road is tough. Like it's yeah. narrow. You got to slow way down to get in your box sometimes. So that's what causes this. These guys slow down to get in their box, and the guy behind him doesn't really. He's looking at his dashboard. You don't realize these guys aren't just staring out the window with the car in front of them. They're looking at the dash, making sure they're not speeding. So, I mean, 34 looked like he pulled up over, you know, he pulled over or slowed down to pull over, and it was just a complete chain reaction. And then the chain reaction, two guys got offline with each other, and I think it was Ricky that actually hooked Ryan, his teammate, and and turned the two of them. And he was getting pushed from behind, too, so it wasn't Ricky's fault. But, you know, it's just just chain reaction deal. And, and obviously, if we're on the Pagoda, Listen, we wrecked there last year. We wrecked big there last year. But I I don't think you'd have the 48, the 15 piling in if we're up there. You know what I mean? I think that wreck probably still happens because it happened last year. We had a huge wreck last year with Chase Elliott and and Stenhouse again. Maybe it's Ricky. Maybe we got to talk to Ricky about Pit Road there. But, uh, you know, it's – the the initial wreck probably still happens no matter what, but them guys piling in late and and I'll give Justin Allgaier credit. I mean, you watch the video and he's he's going way too fast. I don't know what the hell he was doing, but you know he gets to the left lane and he's just he's he's hauling ass. But at the same time, he turns right to, into a car to avoid hitting one of Blaney's crew members, which unfortunately Brendan Poole he I don't know if he was sliding tires or what he I mean he could have cleaned. Luckily that guy jumped on the roof of that car. Or else he'd been in bad shape today. But but you know credit to Justin for I mean he screwed up and he was going way too fast at that point. But he did hang a right and drive into the side of Corey or Ryan or whoever it was to avoid hitting a crew member. Yeah, I don't think the severity of it's as bad. You can get messages delayed. We can't. There is zero chance any spotter was able to tell anybody was checking up before the wreck was already done. No, I mean you you, you had cars sitting broadside with the you know water from the radiator spraying out before we could tell them. Hey, there's a wreck in front of you. I mean it was already happening and there's nothing you could do so um from the pagoda you could you could definitely you're right above it i mean you'd have, you could have seen somebody checking up but it only takes one person to check up we leave this parking lot you know a nose to tail here and i i slam on the brakes real quick we're all gonna hit yeah and pit road they're running 
three feet off each other already. So it's only one little one little slip up, and everybody's hitting each other. And so it, and it's one of the faster pit roads we have too. I mean, they're running fifty five miles an hour, which means they're really running sixty. So you know, it's it's a faster narrow pit road to where you have to. And the boxes are tight, man. They're not they're not built for cup cars. Yeah. You know, they're narrow. Yeah, they're narrow. So it's 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 just a it's a tough pit road and we see it happen a lot. I'm spot on for the guy being okay because yeah. that's a very scary situation. And, and and for us, man, when we hear red flag and we see ambulances coming out, we know it's because a person is injured and we don't know to what extent. Uh, spot off once again for our spotter stand location because all we want to be the reason we are at the racetrack Per NASCAR is to be a safety device, and in that situation, we were completely useless. We couldn't do anything to help that crew member. We couldn't do anything to help those race cars that got torn up, and we just had to sit there and watch the aftermath play off. But I'm going to tell you something else, people. Spot on to the balls that these tire changers and jack men have because their backs are to all of this happening, and they're doing their job and doing it extremely well, and – we now know, or we did. We already knew. We are reminded of the risk that these guys take every single time they jump over the wall. And, yeah. and these guys go out there and they make a really good living. Uh, and, and when you see things like this play out, they deserve it. Because holy cow, that guy's whole look. I mean, that could have been really, really bad. Could've that could have been, been a fatal accident. I mean, we're talking about a three thousand pound race car going fifty miles an hour colliding with an individual. You know, it's certainly exciting to watch, but it's also hats off to those guys for for their balls, man. Because wow, that's freaking yeah. scary. The guy that jumps on the car, he literally just glances up for a quick second. He must have heard the wreck start. He like, must have. He must have heard it. And he glances up real quick, and then he just leaps on top of well, the and car. And that's so. the other thing that like, I think as spotters we need to adjust or, or talk about, right? If we're spotting the 15 car or the 48 car as spotters, we're going to be saying, check up, check up, check up, check up. You know, we're going to tell them what's going on. We couldn't see what was going yeah. on. The I, second thing is, if I'm Ryan Blaney spotter, I'm going to be screaming to my crew guys, get up and run, get up and run, get up and run. Like, and, and yeah. you, you, you look back at that scenario, and none of that information got relayed, and it didn't get relayed because of where we were. A checkup one and a half, two seconds before it actually happens, before the wreck happens, is a huge difference in mile per hour wise. Typically, in those situations, on the racetrack, I'm not talking about on pit road, but on the racetrack, when the first car checks up in tight racing, like Bristol, like Martinsville, the fifth car in line takes the grunt of it. Yeah. You know, if if the spotter and if the drivers aren't informed. So if you got a, if you got a spotter up there that didn't say anything, which I'm telling you right now, it didn't look like they were getting any information. And I know why, because where we were at yeah. sucked. But that fourth and fifth guy in line is the guy who was going the fastest because Justin and the 15 jump out of line instead of checking up to try to keep going. And then then they get there and it's like, uh oh, pit road's blocked. We're in trouble. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I can't, I could not believe. How, one, how many cars were just torn up, and then how bad they were torn up. Like the 19 was destroyed, 47 was destroyed. I mean, it, the 17. There, I mean, there was a bunch of good cars that were. I mean, for going 60 miles an hour, they were destroyed. Yeah. Glad he's okay. Yeah. Thank God. Agreed. Hopefully, that was the last time that. I'm gonna go outside. Or... Let me just let's tell you. Let's tell you this. Like, go outside to your car and just practice jumping from the ground onto the roof. If you want to be impressed with something, because this guy was standing on the ground and just jumped on the roof of a car in a split second. And I mean, I'm telling you, it could have saved his life. But I mean, it was incredible. It would have saved mine because I can't jump that high. I, I, I would have jumped, <laughs> jumped in the window. Hey, Ryan, I'm in. Here, Ryan. Solid chance I'm taking <laughs> yeah. on the shin. I pretty much see Freddie just going like this. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> I would be like that cartoon where the guy hit uh, whatever uh, Marvel movie where the guy hit gets hit by a truck and the, the, the truck's destroyed. And Freddie, the guy's would have, Freddie would have better odds laying down. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Freddie would have destroyed that car. I would. Yeah. You want to see a direct race car? Let one yeah. hit me on pit road. <laughs> that fifteen would have bounced off Freddie so far. <laughs> Probably shot him back on the racetrack. <laughs> All right. Oh, uh, next topic. Kevin Harvick says, I would never vote for the Cups cars to not run on the Indianapolis Oval. Spot on, spot off. Brett. If I just won, I'd say that too. No <laughs> just won a Brickyard 400, <laughs> climb the fence, kiss the bricks. Uh, look, we all know the history of, of this particular racetrack. Uh, I remember when NASCAR went there for the first time, I believe it was 94. Um, you know, watching Jeff Gordon, Dale Earnhardt, Rick Mast, all those guys battle it out. I was actually in a hotel in High Point, North Carolina, going to my buddy Mark Tucker's wedding that particular weekend. Um, and, and man, it just, I don't know. It's hard to, uh, it's hard to put into words what it meant to go there and what it used to mean to watch the cars come out through gasoline alley. And, and we would have 150,000 people there for qualifying you, it would take two and a half hours to get out of the infield when qualifying was over. And now we go there, and, and I mean, I hate to say this because this is me kind of, you know, being a d- but we've been social distancing uh, at Indy. D- I mean, I'm not trying to be d- but we've been social distancing at Indy since 2008, since that Goodyear debacle where we had to throw a caution every 10 laps because our, our, our company car over there, Dale Jr., couldn't run but 10 laps. Yeah, I was spotting that race for him. In 88 car. Um, we, 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 we lost – we lost our, our vibe at Indy when that particular year happened, and we never got it back. Um, so I don't know, man. I, I'd love to see us uh, run that run that road course, but I also know every single kid in America that's growing up a race fan, they want to run on that racetrack. It still has that same meaning. Even though it may or may not be as entertaining as it once was or we may or may not have as many fans as we once did, it's still the Brickyard, and it's still special to know that in your life you got to compete there. I, I've, I'll never forget, man. I mean, the first race I spotted there was 2001. Pagoda was pretty new. You climb up top of there, and there was 250,000, 300,000 people there, and it was insane. And you're just like, man, I'm, I'm, I'm in a special point in my life and my career where I get to experience and be a part of something this big. It's still the Brickyard, TJ. Yeah, I- I like the brickyard. Um, I think it's still it's still the brickyard, like you say. Um, I think it's fixable still. I think we just need to. I mean, I look. I I was watching some of them races they were playing on the screens, and I saw like Mark Martin and them guys drive to each other's spoiler, and the guy couldn't hold the bottom in front of him, so we worked him up the racetrack. And man, they were having a great race. And it, I mean, Del Jarrett won that race. He got passed by Mark Martin, I think, um, and then he passed him back. But he was. They're driving up to each other, getting each other a little loose, and and passing each other. I think I still think we we need to unglue these cars, man. Make these guys have to wheel it. I mean, they're not they're not in danger of wrecking right then. Like I watch them guys, they just can't turn the wheel. They got to go a little slower, which lets the guy behind you make a pass, which is what we need. I think. Um, I, I would love to see these guys be able to go work each other off the bottom in the corner. And- I caught Ty Dillon yesterday. And I lost six tenths 
a second a lap. Oh yeah, and it took me a very long time to pass him. That late, late in that one run when you guys were struggling, we we were all bottlenecked behind you, but yeah. you couldn't do anything. Couldn't do anything about it. We could follow you literally. I, we could follow you. You caught me from a half straightaway back. We could follow you four feet off your bumper, or right on your bumper, all but hitting you, and it does not affect you one bit. Like we just need to fix. That's the part I think when the. The air should be a tool to use, not a tool. I mean, it's the opposite of what it used to be. The air used to be something you used to pass a guy. Now it's what we use to defend. Now it's a handicap. Now, now you use it. We, we saw that last week, and we always, uh, we'll go back to this probably 20,000 more times this year. But the Xfinity race at Pocono, the way that package is, Ross Chastain's out front trying to hold off um, – Briscoe sideways and, and you can too. tell he's free you know everything he's, yeah. he's free and all Briscoe Briscoe knew all he needed to do uh, he's trying to work him clean work him clean but he knew all he needed to do one time was run in the corner hard and pack air on the, on Ross's back bumper and yeah. Ross was done and that's all he did when Ross got around him on that green white checker all he did was drive in the tunnel pack air on Ross and Ross is a sitting duck he's we got, are so gripped up though that when our guys get loose now it's not it like a it's no. not like a drive sideways like drive out of a loose it's a no. big wiggle lift all the way out and the guy's gone yeah like you're so like a slot car when you jump off the track you're done. Yeah, I mean you could see like we were kind of I think we were catching a 34 at one point and Baxter's like man we're a half second better than him go get it you know to me he's like tell, you know, tell me he's a half second better I'm like it doesn't matter yeah we're, you better be a, you better be like I mean, a second and a half we're gonna better. Be, we're gonna get to the half second sure enough the next lap we we same thing like 20 back we ran him down in a lap or two and then we just rode behind him for the next 10 laps just couldn't get around him you know it yeah. was just there was just no way to build a run like we talk about all the time off throttle time is what makes racing great. And we're wide open yesterday or just burping the throttle, so the corner speeds are up so high that there's nowhere to there's nowhere to make a move on a guy. You know, there's just nothing you can yeah. do. So, I mean, obviously... You can't be offensive. No. I mean, I'd hate to see it come off the oval, even though the product isn't that great. But like you said, the prestige of these guys, you know, I think Chase Briscoe mentioned it in his, in his interview on Saturday that, you know, I mean, I wish just, you know, it's not the same being on the road course, but it's still pretty big, you know, but just for him to mention that, you know, that seed is in his head already, you know, that, that, that yeah, he you know, wants to win that race. not the same, you know? Yeah. I mean, obviously he wanted to win that race, but, but you want to, it takes a little bit away, I think doing it on the road course versus the oval. And I hate that for that, for them guys, but like something's got to be done, you know, whether it's, and obviously uh, I can't mess with tires a whole lot because we do, we have nothing but tire problems there throughout. Could you imagine years. the race we could have if we took all the cup guys and put them in the Xfinity cars? Uh, I mean, I, I, and honestly, I don't know that. I mean, obviously the package is better, but I think if you put the cup guys in the Xfinity cars, the racing is going to be pretty similar because a lot of things that make the Xfinity racing great is the fact that those guys don't have experience, don't know where to put themselves all the time. And but I think if you load, you know, if you load up, you see it when we when them guys go run Xfinity races, Kyle and Brad and them, they're up front. Dominating. It's still a hell of a race. Yeah. But I mean, yeah, I, I've seen Kyle and Brad have some duels, man. Yeah. But that but they got weapons they can use. You know, hey, Kyle knows if he gets up to Brad's bumper, Brad's going to get loose. Yeah. Brad knows the same thing. So like you said, though, there that series is good because guys make mistakes. Yeah. Like Chase drives off. He throws the race away, comes back, wins the race. Hi, we're OfferPad. The new way homes are sold. Go to OfferPad.com, tell us about your home, and we'll send you a great purchase offer. Or, if that's not your style, we can also list your home with tons of free OfferPad services. Free handyman fixes, house cleaning, yard work, and more to get your home show ready. We can even advance renovation costs to maximize your home's value. Whatever way you want to sell, you're sold with OfferPad. Sell your way today at OfferPad.com. Spot on, spot off. Choose cone to be used during the Bristol All-Star Race. I've got some audio to play real quick. 
We're not going to have a choose cone. You lost your mind. We're not going to a choose cone. <laughs> I like that audio, Jason. So is is Brett is Brett wrong? Is uh, can I spot yes. on that? We, we were being sarcastic. I mean, we we've said on this show how many how many times on this show have we said we need something to happen? I don't know. You sounded pretty serious. No, I was being serious because how many times <laughs> on this show have we said we need something to happen? A bunch. And then what happened? Nothing. Yeah. So that's why I was like, we're not going to a choose call. We're not ever going to see it because us, the drivers, everybody has said we're tired of seeing second and third put at a disadvantage at all these tracks. I mean, you would rather come off pit road at Bristol eighth than third. That doesn't even make sense. Okay, let me ask you this now that you said that. If you're running fourth, are you going to line up eighth instead of second? If I'm running fourth. So you're saying if you, you say you come off here, you'd rather be eighth than third. Than third. Yeah. Are you, are you going to give up so that if the first four cars are, or whatever, say say one guy's on the bottom and three guys line up up top, are you going to line up behind the three up top or are you going to go to the bottom? I'm going, I'm bottom. going to the bottom. I'm, I'm going to the bottom. That's, what, that's my point. I'm, like, going on, I'm taking the front row every time. Yeah. Because if that guy stumbles or that guy gets loose in the one or whatever, I got a chance the, to take the lead. The, the lane change. I, 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 hey, listen, I'm all for trying stuff. And I, I think the choose cone is not a bad idea by any means. But it's not going to have the desired effect that these people th- – I think people honestly think that, oh, the, you know, the top lane's so much better, the first five guys are going to line them up there, and then some guy from eighth is going to pull up, and he's going to get the restart in the front row. That's not going to happen. You're not going to gain more than one row here. I guarantee it. What's going to happen is the leader – and, and it, Bristol now has even switched back a little bit where I think the leader almost wants to be on the bottom again with that VHT. But, you know, it's going to – the wor- the only thing you might see – occasionally is the second place guy picked behind the leader. But then the third place guy is just going to go to the front row. The fourth place guy is probably going to go to fourth instead of going fifth and, you know, being the third car in line. I, I just don't think track position means way too much to, to have to, to put yourself behind more than one row of cars. You know, I don't, but I, that one row is huge though. Oh, I, I understand that, but I'm saying like you, you think a guy, where, how many positions do you think you're going to gain on a restart? Maybe two. Uh, yeah, but I mean, if you're for, historically, and, and I think good. I think it changed this year. I mean, Clint could run the bottom really well. Ask at Amarola. Um, yeah, but I mean, could. historically, without getting hit. if you lined up fourth, you were going to go to second. Yes. If you lined up sixth, you were going to go to third or fourth. And when you got to fourth, you didn't even want to pass for third because in that next restart, you'd have a chance to come out second and have a chance to take the lead. Like, I mean, I, we would manage these situations. Uh, I mean, I, I even remember doing it when Clint was driving that piece of Harry Scott car. Like, we finished – really well in a race because we kept getting that top line on restarts. Yeah. It's not as dominant now as it was then. Um, but but I think I think one thing, A, we're not talking about 40 cars making a decision here. We're talking about 16 guys. And, and there's one big thing that I think NASCAR came out with last week that I think hurts this deal, and it's the fact that there's not going to be a cone or there's not going to be a something on the racetrack. That, so now this opens it up to way more – like if there's a if there's a, a damn box drawn on the racetrack, that's not going to do it because there's going to be a guy that can't decide. He's going to drive straight over the box. All right. Now, what lane's he in? Uh, yeah, I you agree. Know. I agree. They need to put something on the racetrack that needs to be whatever side tires, whatever you decide. I mean, if you don't pick, we're going to decide for you. Yeah, right. Like there. You have to have some kind of marker out there that makes you go yeah. around. Why it. would you do that? We want it. To, we want this to be confusing as possible. <laughs> I mean, I will say, though, NASCAR. back to the cone deal, though, it. it at least you get to choose your own fate, yeah. and you can't be mad at where you don't. Now it doesn't really matter. You don't. You're not going to count cars off pit road as much anymore. Now, look, man, 
if that guy wants to go up to the third place and set a starting sixth, oh yeah, I'll, I'll, then do it. I'm you know? all for it. I just I I I I want people to manage their expectations. But like you said, the biggest thing that this cone rule, uh, cone choose cone deal is going to affect is pit road because you're going to want to be as far up forward as you can because that makes it your decision. But you know, I, I just want people to temper their expectations because there's not yeah, going to be a guy that gains five rows on a restart or something like that. You know, it's, this is it's, honestly just a more fair system overall. Yeah. Oh, it's I, a more I fair agree. system. It's not. It's not to create. It's going to create a, a few fireworks. So because you, you might have a guy that goes. All in right, the front TJ, row. you're you just watched. We just raced at Bristol. Okay. Yep, I know. All right, first first place he Thanks picks. For bringing that up. First place he picks. Second place he picks the front row. No matter which way first place goes. All right, so you got the, the front row is now occupied. You're third. What are you taking? Oh, I'm going outside lane. So now fourth is screwed if he goes to the bottom potentially. So now he's got a chance to stay up. Like I think that's where you see third, fourth, and fifth to me are yeah. the guys that have to make the big critical decision. The critical decision that's yeah. going to set them up to win the race. But those are also the guys that if you're on the bottom and you're fifth, you're coming off there ninth or tenth. It's a huge loss at that point. I bet if you go back to – the second to fourth row, the inside cars take a substantial loss compared to the outside cars. Yeah, if that bottom row doesn't really get hooked up and anticipate the restart well, if the outside – The guy, guy never like, rolls on the bottom, never. Never I, takes off good. Nah. So Unless he's a leader and he gets a really good jump. But even then, it doesn't seem like they get the jump that they should. I, I don't disagree with you. So. I, just, I just can't see anybody – and I, I listen, I could be 100% wrong, but I can't see a guy you know, willing to go from starting – Third or fourth to starting tenth. So let me ask you this: if you're if you're third, not. if you're third, where are you picking? If I'm third, I'm picking probably whatever lane the leader picked. All right, exactly, because you're going to get the timing of that potentially. All right, but let's just say the leader took the top, you took the top. Now you're fourth. Where are you picking? I'm taking the bottom. You're taking the bottom. Honestly, it's going to matter though too. Though you're going to look at what cars were really good. Like we were really good on the bottom, and then we uh, we passed Chase on the bottom. If I'm Chase Elliott, I don't give I don't give Joey the bottom. There's this saying Mama used to have, you made your own bed, boy, go lay in it. Hey, we've taken this out of NASCAR's hands for this particular race. We put it in the hands of our drivers. Oh, by the way, mine hates to make decisions. I can't wait to be a part of this. Uh, and here we go. I, I mean, Chase look, made one for him It's yesterday. something to talk about, man. <laughs> it's, uh, it's something to try. And we'll see yeah. how it goes. And this, I, and this is our race. This is our this is our experimental race. You know, what I mean, we, we this is when we try stuff. This is where we do it at. So hey, you I know. mean, how cool is it going to be if the top three take the take it outside fourth place rolls up here and takes the bottom doors first place up out of the way and wins the race i yeah. mean <laughs> how, how cool would that, I mean, be? that would be awesome i just don't think it's gonna happen yeah could just what's that i think i think old bristol where where there was no vht and that top lane was dominant you'd see a lot more shakeup. but the, the lanes are too even now and, and there's gonna be places i mean if this catches on and they take it to places there's there's mile and a half last where race was definitely more a, even yeah i mean oh yeah for sure but the, i mean this could catch on bigger at, at some of these mile and a half you know a place like texas remember i mean the bottom is huge at texas you might see a place where a couple guys line up on the bottom there but i still you know i just can't I'll see a you, guy giving up more than two or three i'll spots. tell you the reason i like the choose cone deal is because me and me and Joey will talk. He's he's a very calculated guy, and we'll we'll talk. And I feel like this gives we prepare so much for these races like that. I feel like this helps give us an advantage. You know, somebody um, to science this out, man. Like, what do you want to do here? And it's gonna it's gonna take preparation to be prepared for these scenarios. Um, look, if you're third, where are you gonna go if they go there? Like, you're gonna have to talk through these things and have a plan together because if you were up there and well, just roll with it. I mean, it could cost you the race. Yeah. Let's and a million forward. dollars. Think forward on this. 
All right, now you're at Talladega, and you got to choose Cone. I'm looking for the teammates. <laughs> That's exactly right. Like, yeah. Or if you do this, you can't do it at certain tracks. You're gonna have to do it everywhere yeah. to yeah. make it fair. You can't just go. We're only gonna do it here. Which hell, that means I mean, we'll I, probably I, only I, do it at one place. But if you I get to Talladega, you get to Daytona, you get to something Michigan, like you get to some of these places, you literally all you're looking for is your teammates. Yeah. Ah, which is okay. At least you get to, at least you get to make the decision. You're not being put at a disadvantage automatically. Which yeah. is what I'm I mean, looking for. Yeah, like I said, I'm I'm good with that. I was fine with that. I I'd like to see the the world outlaw rule where it's just you know the, the odds line up in the same line as the leader. Um, but but that still would that could still you still yeah, play you games still on pit road. So what are we calling this? The well, choose zone. The choose. Well, that's my biggest rule. thing. Like I mean, I think you. It's if, gonna be the choose zone. I think zone. it's gonna be. I think it's, <laughs> gonna, it's gonna be a big be. mistake if they don't put something on the racetrack that you have to split yeah. around because guys are gonna change. Like if there's you know. If there's if there's not something there, these guys are going to manipulate this deal. Yeah, yeah. You need it needs to be like the commitment line. And hey, I hate to say this, Cone, but box. this is Bristol. Things happen really fast. If we give one to go and they're not picking <laughs> until start finish, we run the odds of this getting real screwed mm-hmm. up. We need to give two to go, and at two to go, they choose. That's what most so that we do. get the lineup right because there's all too often. Let me tell you guys something. When we as spotters hear one to go, when drivers hear one to go. We're in go mode, and then halfway down the backstretch, coming back to the green, they start barking out lineup rules. You're like, whoa, I don't have time to do all this. And you have it, about six or seven seconds to get that completed, so you got to tell your driver, expect him to listen immediately and make a quick decision. And that's When he may not agree with the call. Yeah, he's, that, yeah, he, that, yeah. And that's pending the other guy hears the same thing and will let you get to where you need to go, which is very doesn't happen that quick. It, it, it's, it's, you, can't, you can't make lineup changes after one yeah, to go. We need to you got to call it off. We need to have a two to go, start your lineup deal. I mean, what are we talking, 40 seconds? Yeah, especially at short track. Short track. Half the time they hold the one to go anyway, and you run an extra lap. Just run the extra lap. Fix it. Yeah. It's uh, not a huge track. Brett, I sent a tweet in the group meet. Can you please translate Clint Boyer's latest tweet? Oh God! Clint Boyer's last got, tweet. Why yeah. do I have twenty-seven? Moo ha ha! J J Jung. What? Oh boy! <laughs> I don't think that's Clint. I thought Brett may be able to translate it. Since I'm pretty sure Cash has his phone. <laughs> <laughs> what the heck? <laughs> he said, "I'll be damned." Not a bad tweet from Moen with my phone in my pocket. <laughs> 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 he said, "I made some serious phone calls as well." <laughs> He ass dials me more than anybody else in America. Like it is, if he calls you, and and you hang up, and about three yeah. minutes later he's gonna call you again, and and as you can imagine, you only know you can't imagine what the background noise is gonna be because it's Clint. But he is the king of ass dialing. to hit the gas and take our Xfinity speed from the track to the studio. Let's jump into our weekly Xfinity Fast Lane segment where each person will have 10 seconds to answer six questions. First question, Austin Cindric was penalized for jumping a restart midway through Saturday's Xfinity Series race and called the penalty unjustified. Was NASCAR right or wrong for making this call? TJ. Wonder where TJ is going to go with this. I mean, one. <laughs> it's all who fires first. Austin fired first. Uh, Whoa! I, holy! I mean, what the hell he, did he, he just hit say? The, he hit the throttle first, but Jason, record this. He thought the 98 <laughs> was going. <laughs> Replay it back. <laughs> he thought the 98 was going because the 98 got hit from behind, and he went off of that. So there's, I mean, kind of a raw deal. The, so there was a lot of factors to this. The 18's pushing the 22, but 22 does fire first, and the 98 does a very, very good job of selling the fact 
that the 22 fired first on him because he sat there and waited and waited and made it look worse than it was. They got this call 100% right. Cedric fired first. You're black flagged. Sorry, dude. Rodney Childers tweeted last week after the Cup Indy qualifying draw that I'm definitely over this draw BS. Should NASCAR continue drawing the lineup or determine it differently? Brett. Uh, shake it up, man. I, I mean, I'm 13th in points, so now I can't start any better than 13th. Uh, the guy that's three points ahead of me can start on the pole. I don't know. I can't. I can't reason with that. I don't. I don't understand how that's possible. But but stop this for a second. Rodney Childers is building a Hall of Fame career. I mean, he and he and Kevin Harvick are, are the Chad Knauss, Jimmy Johnson, and have been really since they got to Stuart Haas together. I mean, you look at Harvick's career. He was already an accomplished guy. Rodney was already an accomplished crew chief. Had one with guys even like David Ruderman in big races like a Coke 600. This guy's building a Hall of Fame career. Shout out to him for, for I think. 30 wins as a crew chief or something? Uh, I mean, dude, you've won like half the races we've done this. Yeah. I think I would just be happy with it. Um, What's he won, five, Jason? He's won a ton, yeah. Four. Okay, I mean, that's four more than I've won. So, um, man, I chill, Rodney. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> we've we, points have never mattered this much at this point in the year. Like Brett said, the difference between 12th and 13th is huge. The difference between 24th and 25th is huge. I mean, you got guys that are starting 30th, you know, 35th that are that are 25th in points, you know, decent guys, but but you, you can't be on the other side of that cut line. Can you ever listen to the dinger? You guys what? hear it now. You have no excuse. What, what dinger? Is you definitely dinger? hear Jason's dinger. Question three. Now almost two months into racing without practice or qualifying, Hamlin and Harvick have won seven of 12 races. Is this format favoring veteran drivers, and will it continue doing so until practice returns? Freddie. Uh, well, I think me and TJ both said that this was going to affect Harvick. You know, he was going to be one of the ones that benefited from the most. But you see guys, young guys like John Hunter, Bubba, uh, Reddick. Them, them guys are excelling too right now. So it, it's not just a veteran thing. It's just people are hitting on it right. Uh, it's, it's just strange watching Kyle Busch struggle a lot and Denny Hamlin not, you know. So I think it uh, – I think the, the best teams are, are building the fastest cars right now with no practice, and, and I think that speaks to the team. Yeah, uh, Fast cars go fast. They've hit on something, and they're running it, and it's working at these big tracks. Um, you know, we go, to a, we go to another short track or a different type of track, these things are going to be a little bit different again, but fast cars go fast. Pocono, Indy, really similar racetracks. Guess who's fast? Two cars leading the end of Pocono race, two cars leading the Indy race. If you think Rodney Childers' tweet back to the last thing didn't have a – he did that for – he didn't do that to gripe about where he's starting. He did that to put NASCAR in a position to have to react. He made it public that, that he's got a problem with this for NASCAR. He didn't do that for, for, for to, A, to have a good tweet. It's or, not your turn anymore. I don't care. I want people to understand why Rodney Childers did this. He didn't do this to have a tweet and to get fan engagement. This guy's not a company. He's a crew chief. He, he did that lobbying for a change. I don't know what he wants. But that's what he did. He wants to start better. He wants to start by points. He's on the pole every week and really makes the races suck. I don't know why. That ain't going to happen. <laughs> Question number four. Drivers including Michael McDowell, Bubba Wallace, Cole Custer, John Nemechek, among others, have been posting surprise top ten finishes. Which driver has surprised you the most through 16 races in 2020? TJ. Uh, I go with John Hunter. Ready? Yeah, I mean, John Hunter for me. Them front row cars have had a little more speed this year. Uh, McDowell has been good. He's got a couple top tens last week. So, 
obviously I'd like to say my own guy, but I'll, I'll, I'll refrain from going full TJ here. I'll just pick uh, John Hunter. Yeah, it's it hands down it's John Hunter. I mean, you know, Cole Custer got his first top five of the year yesterday. Uh, we've not even seen him run in the top ten very much. So a surprise there, but but a bad surprise yeah. uh, for for Cole. So good to see him get some momentum. But John Hunter, man, wow. Hey, if he's not turning heads right now, I don't know that he ever will. In 2015, NASCAR successfully experimented with a low downforce package at Kentucky that ultimately set the 2016 Cup Aero package. If you were to again make Kentucky an experiment on Sunday, what rules package changes would you make? Brett? Same one we always talk about. <laughs> Give them the horsepower, take the downforce away. I'm going to fill that tunnel full of concrete if I'm making a rule change at Kentucky. That way can't we can't get in there. Which one? The drive-in or walk-in? <laughs> Both. All of them. TJ? Uh, I'd like the rolls package where the escalator works all weekend. Um <laughs> and elevator. And elevator. Uh, I mean, I think we need to go fast, but we need to go slow in the corners. The guys need to drive these things through the corners. Give them the horsepower. Take the downforce away. Soft tires. I mean, we just we beat a dead horse on this show about this every week, and it's you bring a horse costume, down, lay down, and we'll kick you every week. Take, <laughs> take the downforce away. Make the tires wear out, and the racing will be way better. We want close racing according to the poll. Oh, yeah. You want to see a guy get passed for the lead or not get passed for the lead? Uh, I'll take option A, please. A new car. <laughs> I mean, reading them, I felt stupider reading those questions. I was like, I don't even know stupider how. Stupider ain't a word. Yeah, it's more not a word. You're making me stupider about this thing. You can both kiss my ass. <laughs> Freddie's one of the guys that doesn't put the apostrophe in your for oh, you are. No, sure don't. Yeah. Or ask. Axe. Axe. Brett was talking about axing on the radio. I gotta ask you something. I gotta ask you a stupider (laughs) question, Freddie. (laughs) Oh, off the wall question. After the annual Nathan's hot dog eating contest on Saturday, if you were to if you were a competitive eater, what would be your food of choice? Freddie. Tito's vodka. I think I can win a couple competitions on that. Remember, uh, alcohol is not a food. Oh. We went over this with Brett. You don't get there's, body. There's, gr- there's grains in there, I think. Um, I don't know. I have no idea. What's your favorite food? The best. My favorite thing was watching Brett watch his hot dog contest last night. I thought he was going to throw up. I can't watch it. <laughs> I about vomited. I was enjoying a nice ice cold beer at Big Al's here in Mooresville, North Carolina, home of the Sunday night fun night. And... <laughs> Freddie's like, turn around and watch this guy. And I turn around and look, and he's got sweat and tears, and he's gagging. And I'm like, ugh. I almost vomited. Uh, if I'm going to eat something, <laughs> it's going to be a chicken wing. Let me tell you something. I'm a chicken wing eating machine. How many chicken wings do you think you could eat in 10 minutes? No, just in general, no, before like, you throw up. I, I want to enjoy them, Jason. Uh, I don't know. I don't think. I don't, I don't know. 40? 60? 40 wings. That's, I, I mean, mean, if there's no time limit, you can eat as many as you want. Like, I yeah, to, I mean, during a whole football game, you could eat <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I tell you what I eat a damn tray of is them chicken nuggets from Chick-fil-A. Like, you bring in a party platter, yeah. I'm like, huh, thanks, yeah. we thanks, used to, thanks for bringing me this. Yeah. Dylan, did you ever go to Spicy's? Yeah. Oh, like the Spicy's Chicken is unbelievable. And they it was on Long Island. There's two, there's two locations. And it just – you got like a 50-piece bucket. And like we used to do this for Sunday, like me and John. We would get a bucket. And I'm like, yeah, one bucket's got 50 wings. And that would be plenty. And like halftime, you're like, are them wings gone? What, I mean <laughs> – <laughs> Nah, man, I couldn't, I couldn't tell. <laughs> yeah. TJ, what are you eating? Uh, 
I mean, chicken wings are good, but I don't feel like that's something you could eat a whole bunch of, man. Um, yeah, you know, I like chicken wings. I like pasta, man. I mean, it, it's hard for me to, it's hard for me to stop eating like a go to Portofino or something, get the chicken Alfredo or a spaghetti or something. It's hard to like not clean your plate. Like they almost give you way too much because you sit there and eat until you. Can't, yeah, that's full how, as a tick. That's how we felt leaving St. Elmo's the other night. Exactly. We just kept eating yeah. and eating and eating. Hey, I might have held us up a little bit, but Xfinity's always super fast. Uh, we're almost at the end of the show. That went by way, way, way too fast, TJ. Almost as fast as Xfinity Internet. Get reliably fast speeds for all your streaming needs. Shout out to Xfinity, premier partner of NASCAR, and a wonderful partner to our podcast. And make sure you're following at Xfinity Racing on Twitter to keep you connected with behind-the-scenes NASCAR content you don't get anywhere else. Ask DBC. Send in your questions 24-7 on Twitter using the hashtag AskDBC. Ask away, Casey. First topic is from Beville underscore 55. While watching the Xfinity Series race, they talked about having a second spotter. What goes into picking a second spotter, and is it someone the driver knows or someone you recommend? How about TJ? Uh, Depends on the team you're with, whether they want to get somebody or they want to put a truck driver up there. Um, We're in kind of a hard time right now, so it's hard to get people you know, license and stuff and in on rosters and stuff like that. So uh, you, you try to get somebody that has experience because at the end of the day, one bad corner can ruin your race and tear, destroy your race car. And you're talking about hundreds of thousands of dollars being thrown down the drain here with a race car getting to the racetrack, um, might need that car again. Um, there's a there's a lot that goes into it. So you try to get people, at least I do, that have experience and um, I don't know. These are. It doesn't matter. Even at the at the back, Johnny Davis's cars. They're still important to him. So you're better off getting people that understand and can see things happen before they happen. Like we can see things coming that you can tell your driver, like, "Hey, be careful up here. Get ready. To check up. You know. Okay, they're spinning in front of you. Go out. You know. It's one quick decision that you know is getting ready to happen can save hundreds of thousands of dollars for an owner. I think it depends on where we're at and what the responsibility is going to be. When I look at Indy and the Pagoda the way we used to spot it, the only thing that I did not spot at the racetrack based on where I was able to stand was turn one. And it really meant that you only had one responsibility, and that was the restart because when they come back around after the restart, you know, it's it's a whole different race and, and a lot easier to spot. So I actually used uh, Will Arterburn, Wheel, our friend Wheel, Wheel. Uh, for years. And, and, look, he knew how to spot turn one because that's all he'd ever done. When we would go to – uh, Watkins Glen, I would put Will at the bus stop. Will grew up around racing, and I think that's the key is you got to have somebody that, that's grown up around racing. But when we go to places like yesterday, where we are complete, I literally looked around and I said, a spotter, this spotter location is going to affect the outcome of this race. And the very first time they opened pit road, it did. And 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 so yesterday, you needed a guy uh, that had spotting experience, that was confident, that was able to clear them. And because uh, if you don't get clear off turn four. On those restarts, and Jay Guarneri helped us, did a great job. Like, you can get freight trained. So uh, it, it depends on where you're at and what response. I mean, look, the Roval, if I get up there and turn one, I don't even need a second spot. That was your spotter, your second one? No. Jay, yeah, Jay. Jay Selfie Guarneri. Jay Guarneri, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah Jay Guarneri. But, I mean, look, it depends on where we're at as to what we need. Yeah, yeah. I mean, do you remember I, – I was laughing as you were talking about Will spotting Watkins. Do you remember the best Wheel. job Will ever did spotting? No. 
You don't remember this? When he didn't? He <laughs> spotted his ass off. He was doing a great job. Like, I spotted a couple races with Elliot and, and Brett and Will, and I, Will is calling everything perfect. He's doing a great job. There's only one problem. He's on Channel 2. He was on Channel 2. <laughs> what an idiot. <laughs> I do remember that now you said it. <laughs> I love Will, man. I miss him being around the racetrack. But that I, Channel 2 will get you, man. Uh, especially, like, somebody like that doesn't know to do it all the time. You yeah, know, like – it, but yeah, I don't know where it was. Either Pocono or the week before, my radio hit the fence or something and changed right before a restart. And I, he did. I had had nothing on the restart. And that's and, why we listen to ourselves so that we know that happens. And then that freaks you out because you start talking. And you're like, why can't I hear myself? Well, yeah. it hit a button. It went to like it went to a system scan. I couldn't even get it back channel one, so I had to go to my other radio and flip go it. To channel I, I was like spotting from the second radio. Uh. It's it's scary. Will did some of the best spotting, and nobody heard it. No, I mean, me and you heard it. We, 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 I will vouch for him. It was, it was unbelievable. But, oh, it was so funny. I just remember, and as soon as he – because you can't – like so, normally, like, a lot of times if something's going – if you're talking on Channel 1 and something's going on, you can get on Channel 2 and start screaming, like, hey, shut the hell up, you know, driver's trying to talk or whatever. But when Will's spotting on Channel 2, we can't get on the main channel and start yelling he's at him to stop. Listening. You know, be, he's, well, he's listening, but, but like, you don't want to – Elliot up by yeah, screaming. We try to take the same guys with us everywhere we go, though. So, like, <laughs> yeah. Dirty always does the S's for Clint. You know, Will always did the bus stop for Elliot. Like, Chip always did turn 10 for me at Sonoma. Like, but with this pandemic, all those people aren't always there now. So, it, it is different times for sure. It is. Oh, hell. That's your stomach growling? Susan. No, there's somebody at, at Pissed off. Hey, Susan. Uh oh. Oh, yeah. Susan. Susan, there's nobody there. Shut up. Okay, for uh, can't wait if you have a baby. Babies listen just like that. Uh, this next question. <laughs> I hope this all makes the show like one hundred percent. Come. I think Chad's. Wrong. Shut the f- dog up so we can finish this podcast. Okay, hold on. Chad, what's up, oh, Chad? So hey, hey, Chad. How are you? Good, bro. What are you doing? Hey, Chad, can you shut that dog up? <laughs> Six months now, we'll be going, Casey, shut that kid yeah. up. And Casey, <laughs> your baby's crying. Sue. Crying. Right, love you, bye. Aww. Aww. Watch soft porn now on Door Bumper Clear. <laughs> what the hell is going on over there? I don't know. It's like ready for Skinamax. Wait, you got dogs barking. Yeah. And dogs barking, pinky kissing. kissing. Yeah. I know how you If got somebody pregnant. gets on that ladder, I'm leaving. <laughs> Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Next question is from Stubby68. Wonder where the midgets are. They yeah, can't see their head. Can't see the midgets. <laughs> They're at the shop. Oh, <laughs> uh, what's TJ's version of the Australian trip at Paul Morris Driving School? So there's two separate things here. The Paul Morris Driving School was was fine. Uh, we actually went to a test session with the real V8 supercars. And they, Australians, I took them to be very smart people, but they let me drive a V8 supercar. <laughs> so, so, TJ, I got to say, I didn't know who Paul Morris was till last week. So, who is this guy and what does he do? Paul. Our, there's no way all of our listeners He's know. a retired V8 supercar driver. I believe he's retired. He And then he has own teams, him and his dad. Um Owns a winery over there. I mean, a fun dude. Um, he's won like all the big, big races at Bathurst. He's won the Bathurst is... 1000. Um, and if you want to go to Australia, I was told one thing. If you want class, 
you hang out with Marcus Ambrose. If you want to have a good time, you hang out with Paul Morris. You would hang out with Paul Morris. That's where I'm going. Paul like Morris, kind of, he's on he's on Team Fun. Paul Morris is Team Fun, and he's the leader of Team Fun. <laughs> he's a very fun dude. Uh, really glad we got to meet them when we went over there. He uh, basically showed us the ropes of Australia. Like he, uh, took, I mean, took care of us. Um, but he has a driving school that he with with Marcus there, and uh, yeah, so they let us all go there, and and we did a we did a little competition at the driving school. The driving school, we all ran like five laps, and we just did a little competition who ran the best lap. I ran within two tenths of Dale Jr., which I think is pretty good for a seven eight turn road course or something like that. But we go to this test session. We actually went to the test session first. And the test session isn't school cars. School cars, I think, were a little dumbed down a little bit, but. Um, we go to this test session and there's real V8 supercars there. There's other guys. It'd be going like us going to a road course test here and you have, you know, whoever's over there testing their car. Well, they let me get in this thing. And this is, uh, Del Jr. has been out there driving. I'm like, Hey, you want to drive? So I'm like, you know, I can't even get the belts tied. I don't fit in the seat, but I'm like, yeah, I want to drive it. Why wouldn't I? And we go off and I take off pit road. Everything's great. And they said it was the fastest they ever seen anybody leave. Pit yeah, Road. I do. I set a record, <laughs> and I'm like, hey, this thing feels good. Well, I get the turn two, and turn two is a fourth gear corner, and I was the second gear. So I'm like, oh yeah, this thing, this is easy corner. I'm like, wow, I'm like, Rrr. I'm like, Gee, okay, this thing's got. I spun it out right there. Had a lot of power. Get going down the straightaway, and um, I can't. They don't know this. I didn't tell. I. It was hard. <laughs> it was hard to reach to get to the brake pedal all the way. Out. You've got to mash these brakes hard, and I couldn't push the brake pedal. As hard as I needed to. So I drove in there, and I'm like, oh, and I missed a corner. But I mean, I had the lefts out in the grass. It wasn't like I was flipping in the tire barriers or whatever. But um, yet. yet. But so I, <laughs> it did not go well. So then they're like, hey, you want to ride? So I get in that car with Dale Jr., and I realized I didn't know I couldn't press the brakes hard enough then because I get in the car with him, and we go into that corner, and, he, and I'm like, oh, in the front. Of, like, he's hitting the brakes so hard. I'm flying forward in the seat like, I'm strapped in, but you can see how hard he's braking in those cars. But those cars have a ridiculous amount of horsepower and not a lot of tire, and I can I can vouch for that. But I, at least I got to go to the school a few days later and redeem myself and at least run uh, somewhat close to I mean, J.D. drove them. Uh, J.D. drove it there. Ace. Hovis was the third quick. You know Hovis. Wow. I know. It shocked all of us. Hovis was third quick. How much? How much did it screw you up sitting on the other side of the car, having to shift with your other hand? hundred percent. You have no idea what you're doing because the pattern is first, top left, second, bottom left. It's the same. It's is, the same. Are you going from? So it's third. Like you come to yourself for third, or you go yes, away from? No, yourself? you're going to yourself. It's way different than what you're, and you're doing it with your left hand too. Yeah. So you're like first. Okay, where am I going here? I'm going here. Where am I going next? I'm going over here. Like it's not easy. They got. They're now sequential. Like. They just have the, but man, it was a, but great trip. Um, they, they have exaggerated a little bit on it. Um, and Dell Jr. is probably not ever going to admit to, to me, to almost me being him at a road course deal. So you never let the truth stand in the way of a good story. No, it never. no, listen, Paul Morris is a good story the entire time. Uh, it, <laughs> you got to listen. So that, like, just one Dude. of the things that laughed that this guy would, I mean, this is our guy, you know, if, if we go to Australia, 100%. this is the guy we're calling. Yeah. hundred percent. He said like, you might not come back. Junior, like junior said, part of this, one of the things that I laughed my ass off is like, he's like, Hey, I'm taking you guys to a winery tomorrow. Uh, you know, his family owns a winery there. Yeah. And, uh, so junior's like, he's like, I'll, I'll fly over here. I'll pick you up in a helicopter. I'll take you over there. So junior's like, all right, you know, whatever. And he goes to the casino and he's like, hey, 
Uh, I'm going to land my helicopter on your parking deck over there tomorrow, just so you guys know you, I got to pick him up. Like, this is that, that guy is like, yeah. hey, by the way, I'm just going to land my helicopter over here on your parking deck. And, and, he, uh, and he did. <laughs> he did. I mean, we're flying all over the – he he made two trips leaving the winery to take us home. We're flying. We leave the winery. He goes right to the coast. We're going right down Surface Paradise in a helicopter, right? I mean, right over the casino, the hotel, and drops off in the parking deck. We get out. Um, yeah. I mean, it was almost like there were no rules or anything when – like. But Paul's also like he he'll take you to the North Country, I guess, or whatever, and swan. I mean, out crocodiles, all sorts. I mean, Paul's a fun time. If Paul, you, if you go to Australia, you might not come back. Nah, there's a good chance yeah. I won't. Both of you, you guys, Freddie go. definitely, you won't. guys should go. Freddie barely makes it out of <laughs> Colombia when we go. No, Paul, I like fun to, guy. I like to linger. <laughs> <laughs> Believe it or not, I don't have a rant. I was, hey, I was pretty surprised. I was, I was very concerned when I seen that there was so. 37 cars piled up in the pit road that my boy in the in the double zero had something to do with it but it looked like he'd come through clean so i, I was i was very happy about that lap cars were pretty good yesterday I didn't know he city. raced somebody through one one time really? and he was all and he was on the inside and he chased them he missed the bottom with a car on the outside and he ran that guy's door all the way to the wall between middle one and two and i'm like there's zero chance they make it off this corner without wrecking but they did yeah he probably had a career finish yeah i'm sure he did everybody did I mean, how about Ross? Ross yesterday run like 18th, 17th, 18th in that 77 car. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, no. I don't think we had – I mean, the spotter stance sucked, but other than that, I yeah, don't think it was, I had it. It was hard. We were all in the same boat, though, yeah. so I get it. I will go to an Indy 500 after that experience that I had yesterday. Would though. you sit where we were sitting for an Indy sit car race? Where we sat. God, if they hit, they're I mean, going to be right at, where you're, you're at. I mean, that, uh, I mean, we were literally – I felt like I could reach out and high-five Bubba as he drove by. I, I mean – I've, I could have thrown anything onto the racetrack that I wanted to oh, right there. I've never been to a racetrack that was as clean as that racetrack is. And to be as old as it is, the seat it's like every single inch of that place so, had been pressure washed. I'll tell you one it thing. was nice. Like, I'm telling you. Super nice. We, we've been to racetracks that are brand new, and the second year they aren't as nice as what Indy is now. It, it is so pristine. That's the first time I've ever been outside of the infield on the property. I mean, obviously we drive through the infield. We do our thing in there. The golf course is beautiful. The garages are nice. That place is immaculate. I will yeah. when I when I stop spotting and cup full time, I will go to an Indy five hundred. I will not sit in turn one though because I don't have yeah. the balls. Thank wow. you for the screens though too, man. Yeah, the, oh, Helps makes it. Yeah. Um. The I was impressed. You guys probably I, I went Friday. You guys probably didn't. did. You go Sunday morning? Like oh yeah yeah. So I went Friday and it was impressive to me. We were kind of going around scouting out the spots for the um, Xfinity race spotters. So I went up where we were yesterday and marked off a spot for myself on Sunday and Brett and Roger was up there sitting next to us and he was all he was doing was like checking out like they had they were playing the video screens and he's just like looking at the angles making sure everybody's got a good view of then so then I shot down to turn four in the oval where I spotted the road course race from and I'm down there you know we're kind of BSing for a little while and I here comes Roger again now he's sitting over there like looking at the screens over there then you go down and you're hanging out in your car waiting for practice to start. And Roger's in and out of the bathrooms. He's him and two guys driving around the golf cart. Just, I mean, they're just looking at the whole facility. And I mean, you don't ever see a track going. You might see a track president doing that. Yeah. But I mean, this guy, you can just tell the pride he takes in this place. And he and genuinely cares about yeah. his stuff. Yeah. And like so you said new before, Victory Lane looked really cool too. Yeah, I think Victory Lane was pretty neat. I didn't well, see everything it. Roger does, he does right. Yeah. So, and Indy is just another thing. Like him taking that place over, it, it looks great, man. It looks and. A nice facility goes a long way too. Yeah. So we get we get a good package set up for there again. Um, man, it could be great. 
the the road course I thought looks the road course looks phenomenal. Yeah. Um, it's I mean, first class. Everything's and maybe first, it's yeah. always been that way, but I'm telling you, I was blown away. I was too when they when I went down to the bathroom. I walked in. I'm like, man, this is. There's nice. nothing like seeing a clean trough in a men's bathroom. <laughs> I mean, even the trough was impressive. I mean, everything. You know how you know how hard it is to impress me while I have to go to the bathroom. It's hard. <laughs> I was blown away by this thing. Did you see the TV screens on the inside of the stalls? Yeah, <laughs> I, I couldn't believe it. And you press that button, and it was like, "Whoa!" <laughs> like I felt like I was in Vegas. <laughs> well, you guys have high standards. My guy got uh, did my guy get wrecked yesterday? What happened to Blaney? Uh, I, but Bubba was right behind him and said that Bell got into Blaney and oh, kind of shipped him a yeah, little bit. Yeah, I heard he shipped him into the corner. He ruined my day. Oh, that was my rant. Did y'all see the 95 come off pit road about 15, 20 car lengths behind the pace car? That no. first caution? No. Drove by the whole field, never even never said a thing. It was right where the 48 and the 12 were really close to making it. Did you see that? I don't remember. I remember the 12. It was right after the wreck, all, all that wreck happened on pit road, and they were coming off there with damage. They barely beat the pace card in a pit road. 95 is way down pit road still. Comes off pit road. Just keeps on going. Like, you know what? Like, I, 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 I'm not attempting to defend NASCAR Lord. here, but that's the hardest place to call a race for them. Oh, because they can't see, because yeah. they're having to use. They're sitting in a yeah. room calling it off of monitors. Yeah. So if the person manning pit road or womaning womaning pit road, womaning. Uh, depending on what sex, obviously that person is, then it could get missed because the tower typically calls that in and says, "Hey, was that? Was it, did that's, they beat that's the a paddle? big. That's a big penalty, though." Yeah. That's like your, that's like last, last week, week. Whenever you go backwards up pit road, that's saving yourself a lap. We just said we had two words today: womaning and stupider. Stupider, stupider. Wow, but yeah. So I mean, I got to miss first. Mother, I don't even know what to do at this point. I feel I almost feel I bad for TJ. TJ goes and picks Michael McDowell. The guy runs seventh, and he still can't win. I needed TJ <laughs> to win a couple of these damn things, and he just can't step up to the plate. I'm trying to get all the really bad ones did, out dog. Of I'm really, I'm Y'all should back. know what you're picking. This is ridiculous. Y'all are taking forever. You're what? bored. You've already owned twice. Yeah, we'd have been uh, done if Susan wasn't ruining it. I'm going to go medium right here. Medium. With a guy. You better go medium because you ain't got that, nobody left. <laughs> that that needs he needs some he needs some mojo back after uh, oh potentially wrecking somebody yesterday. Austin Dillon. Hey, he wrecked himself. Do I go week. next? Uh, I'm going to go with uh, Eric Almarola. I am going to go with old YRB, Ryan Blaney. Um, yeah, I didn't want to use him morning. yet. I can't, I can't win, San man. Antone. You need to win this week. Nah. Who Every did you time, pick? Look at my numbers, double man. A. He picked double A. He and I'm not even a. picking bad guys. Hey, Amarillo's have fast cars. I won with Danny Hamlin, and then, I mean, I had Michael McDowell finish his seventh. I picked John Hunter, he finished his eighth, and he was going to win the race. And you still can't win either I one. still can't win. It don't matter. <laughs> Like, whatever happens, I feel bad I picked them guys in weeks because John Hunter, I mean, probably would have won Dega. Yeah, I mean, if you go into any race and I tell you, all right, Michael McDowell is going to finish seventh today, that would be the race I'm going to pick him at. And you, still, and, and you just get outrun because yeah, Elmer Roll is up front. Well, we're off to Kentucky. Pray for us. Pray that the elevator works. Uh, pray that it pray that it doesn't rain or lightning. I feel bad. So the three of us are out of this boat, but I feel bad for some of our buddies that have got to be there. They're going Thursday <coughs> afternoon. For two yeah. Xfinity races. They got to go Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Yeah, we're all going. Saturday, I'd like to Sunday, take a moment Sunday. for TJ because he didn't say, I don't know at all. I did a show. couple times. Uh, you might have been glitched out. You, you might have been frozen. Oh, bummer. Let well, it go. We'll, we'll aim for next week. 
All right. Thanks for listening, guys. Uh, appreciate you. Love y'all. Stay safe. And Holla have a great you. week. Don't forget to share the show, share a link, comment, like. Favorite. I love when people tweet me about the show. Please tweet me. Yeah. Tell me what you like. It's cool because we used to only get a couple tweets. You know, when we first started doing this, we'd only get, you know, a few tweets a week or whatever. Now it's now we get I'll, tweets I'll, quite my a bit. Favorite, my favorite part is like when some like something happens and people all tag us in the reply, like, what do you guys think of this? You know what I mean? Like, it's not yeah. even something that's it's like something completely off topic. They're like, they want to hear our opinion on it or something. So. It's obviously fun. We love to hope. I know one thing. If we just keep back. hammering on stuff, it eventually gets done. <laughs> yeah. So we'll just keep it up. Just keep it up. We need 10 o'clock start times. 10 a.m. Let's I don't know if you want the that. <laughs> you I'll might not fun. want 10. I don't need to sleep. That's good. I'm, I, I'm fine. If you're going to do that, you might as well do like 8.30. <laughs> that way you can just stay up. Just keep going. All right. We out. Appreciate right, y'all. Thanks. Have a great week. Thanks, guys. Check out Dirty Mo Media on YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Dirty Mo.